jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday Night Magic, where I have no idea what's going on, and neither do my co-hosts. I'm worried that I know too much of what's going on. So, this is episode 681 of The Mana Pool. I'm Chewy. To my right is Squee. And to Hi, the far I'm Squee, right, and to my right is Squee. Is Squee, but not... I am more really. different Squee. <laughs> but there is an eye in Goblin, because... I guess from is. my standpoint, it's audience right, because he's my stage left. But, whatever. So, Clues is just trying to confuse you. He's actually Clues. Yes, I am actually Clues. <laughs> that is his birth name, we don't question it. By the way, when you spell clues, there's no Y. This this is not my name, and it's one of my pet peeves. When people are like, oh yeah, clues. And I'm like, no! Yeah, no, no. Cluise? You know, Cluise. Cluise, um, yeah. His European cousin that we never see. <laughs> because we're not in Europe. Uh, <laughs> um... So, warning, for those of you watching or perhaps listening, you might hear uh, me move things around in my mouth or clock against the back of my teeth or talk like this. He's been playing hockey and he's lost some teeth. That's be... Anyway, it's because I have a sore throat, so I have a sore throat lozenge in my mouth. He is now the bad guy from Road Rovers. That one Ask went right parents. past me. Yeah. But, Ask yeah. Your uncle. But anyway, so yes, Monday Night Magic 681. We got news. Let's do some news. You want to do some news? I mean, I guess we should if we're here. Yeah. All right, first up, we have a lot of Twitter links. In fact, we have one, two, three, four, five, Twitter six, offers seven, all eight. coverage and all news now. We have eight Twitter links here before we get to coverage. It's the damnedest thing. Uh, first up, on the 7th, so that was what? Uh, Friday. Friday. This tweet happened. The stars are aligning. The next MTG secret layer drop is coming. Full reveal and sale one week from today at MTG Worlds. Get hyped? Question mark? Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I didn't read that right the first time. They're, they're going on sale the day they're revealed? It's a uh, secret, Clues. And there the are... According to the video here, there are five drops. The reveal happens on 2.14, which is Friday. Oh, because this went up on Friday. So yeah, one week from today. I don't... I don't think that means all five of them go on sale on Friday, but it might. Remember, secret layers are 24 I, hours only. They might be one. Of, they might be doing one of those things where you can buy all five of them on the first day. Yeah, and then they'll do them yeah. by a single day after. If they that. follow the model from last time, it'll be all of them on the first day, and then they'll daily them for the remaining yeah. five days. I hope so, but yeah, you, we, they won't tell us what they are until the day they go on sale, which is pretty universally hated. Yeah, remember last time when some of them came with like extra bonus stained glass planeswalkers, and some people were really upset, and we made fun of them for being upset about getting something extra. Wait, no, they all did. Well, right, but, like, in the first day when no one knew. Oh, yeah. 
And then people were really upset, like, well, I would have bought it if I knew that, and they didn't do that. Now it's like, we're just giving you no information. Just no information, yeah. There's nothing. We're not going to try to find a middle ground. Just no info, impulse buy, go. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Is this like a Pavlovian exercise? Are they just trying to get us used to, if we say secret layer, you will send us $40? I mean, it, that's kind of what they did back when From the Vault was around. At least it wasn't until like the third or fourth one that people stopped buying them. At least that benefited your local game shop, though. Yeah. Like, I scrolled through a lot. A lot, a lot of these responses. I mean, I scrolled for several minutes. And the vast majority of the responses were, again, God, could you slow down? Burnout? You're, yeah. They're too many, too frequently. They're not special. Blah, 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 blah. And that gives me hope for Magic players on the whole. Yeah. <laughs> We're not just hopping because it's there and we have credit cards. Well, the immediate Twitter reaction is not to do that. We'll know if people actually double down on this if it doesn't sell. Yeah. Because um, we do like to complain and then buy things. Complaining with a credit card in your hand is a known nerd habit. Yeah, that does sound like us. That is th- now. When he says us, he means magic players, not us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. specifically. Hey, clues. You gonna buy secret layer of those goblins in it? <sighs> when can we have it? <laughs> well, starting Friday, maybe. Yeah, I guess. I guess we'll find out a week from now, or well, this Friday. So yeah, we we have literally no information. Other than what you see here, there are yeah. Friday, and there are five of them. Now, my my hope, my hope is that the reason we're getting so many of these so quickly is because that's just when the events are happening. The first one was the first one. Whatever. The second one was for the Lunar New Year. This one is for Worlds. I'm hoping there will be a break after that because there isn't anything going on where they could theme some secret layers to it. But that's, that's really hopeful at this point. Cause wizards yeah. is just printing money. They, they have been known to produce a lot of content and flood the market with promo things frequently to see how much the market can actually hold before slowing down. Yeah. Like a lot of this is a blood pressure desk that just involves your wallet and how much you're willing to spend or run up a credit card to get everything to throw out. Um, that also See, I means you were that make a homelands reference, but uh, a what? A homelands reference that they've been known uh, to print. Nah, but um, I, I do think that realistically, if you just continue to hold the mo of is this a product you really want, then buy it. Um, if you want it, but the timing and the turnaround is impossible, don't get it. Because uh, any attempt to try to like collect everything is going to bite you like it always did but it'll especially bite you now because you really don't want to train watsy to think that they can produce two products a month on top of the sets coming out and everything else and that you'll just continue to buy them all um that's going to dilute their creative resources it's going to dilute your wallet obviously and it's also going to like in general just be bad practice but if people continue to buy it, they'll keep doing it. 
like I don't have a real vibe anymore that I want to buy everything they put out, but there was a period of time where I did. Like early on when commander sets came out, I made a point of buying all the commander sets every time. And like, yeah, that was pricey. That was like 150 bucks every time they released one, but they only did it once a year. Yeah. And I did that for the first three or four of them before I decided I didn't really want to do that anymore. Yeah. But they also at the time would do like a commander set a year and maybe a from the vault or some dual decks or something like, you know, it was spread out a bit. This is pretty rapid fire considering there's also premium booster packs and everything else that they do on the regular now too. Yeah. So there you go. That's, that's literally all we have. And then a whole mess of us editorializing seems good. It's going to be a recurring theme as long as things pop up on Twitter. Speaking of which, boom, next thing. Uh, Magic Esports tweeted on the 5th, which was what, Wednesday? Wednesday. Due to the coronavirus outbreak and in an effort to ensure the safety of our community's players, Wizards of the Coast is canceling the WPNQ. That's the... I don't remember what WPNQ stands for. I assume it'd be Wizards Play Network Qualifier. It's yeah, probably wrong that? now that I'm saying it out loud. But. Yeah, it's, that was my first thought, but I'm like, is that a thing? Anyway, they're canceling WPNQ Season 2 in mainland China, which is scheduled to be held leading up to March 29th. As part of this change, all WPNQ Season 3 events held from April 4th to July 26th in mainland China will offer two invitations rather than one. The top two players at each event will receive invitations to Players Tour Series 3. Uh, Wizards of the Coast is prepared to make adjustments to events that are part of our programs when the safety of our players is called into question, and we will act and communicate such changes promptly. Meaning, coronavirus is really bad, and let's not. Good advice in general. Yeah, yeah. Don't go to super crowded places when there's a super flu running around, and also up your hygiene. Wash your hands a lot. Yeah. In general. Everywhere. Do it. Yeah. I need to look up the coronavirus. Because all I know is that it's it's happening and it's really bad. And that's literally all I know. Okay. Would you would you like to know more? No, no. I'll, I'll do that later. Okay. And yeah, you do that later, that later too, listeners. But this is not the place for that. We are also not doctors. This well, is true. In the I'm sense not that that's kind, relevant but, uh, to this, Cliff. Yeah. The other. Kind. You want me to start pretending you're a medical doctor all the time? I will, but you're gonna regret it. <laughs> I'll start billing for Monday Night Magic. Uh, sure, bill it to Chewy. <laughs> Don't bill it to Chewy. He doesn't have any silly, damn money. Silly goblin, Chewy has no money. That's why you bill him. That's how this country works. Manipul, manipul, manipul. Moving on. Next Twitter. Accurate. Next Twitter. Yeah, this came up a few hours ago, and we went, what? It says, to, this is from Wizards Magic, Today won't feature any changes to the banned and restricted list. For future updates, expect a notice for when the BNR announcement is coming to plan accordingly. This is weird, because <laughs> they don't tell us that anymore. Like, 
back in December, they said, yeah, we're going to stop posting things every Monday. And we're not going to go on a schedule. We're just going to post on a Monday at some point if there's an update. Otherwise, you can ignore it so you'll always have at least a week of notice for the weekend. Yeah. And, and this just came up out of nowhere today. And we said, what was there? Was there supposed to be? What? Yeah. So I scrolled back through Twitter just to make sure. And like, they have not posted anything about ban and restricted since December. Yeah. So it's not like they're like, stay tuned for an announcement on Monday. Cause that wasn't there. I, I don't understand it. So if anyone knows any context that we missed, like we spent a decent amount of time digging before the show. This isn't just coming in out of nowhere. Like we tried to find any reason why they would post this and we couldn't. So yeah. anyone in chat knows, tell us. Yeah. We'll anybody, share. anybody have any context for why Watsy said this? Were people baying for some kind of banning? I'm sure they were, but they I always mean, are. I'm sure there's still like two formats left with Oko, but it's not like Watsy supports them. <laughs> Banned and limited. <coughs> yeah, very strange. But hey, we thought we would uh, share because yep. we didn't get it. Yeah. Okay, now next up is a, uh, a PSA, actually. Uh, Brian Gottlieb bought at Target this Theros Beyond Death Collector Booster prepackaged thing inside was a theros beyond death draft booster and he said this is this is bad that's and, a pretty bad ev yeah and that was on february 8th and then on february 9th he tweeted again look i don't know what's going on here but i went to a different target in redmond washington and look at all these collector boosters that are being sold for $25 a piece with clearly normal boosters inside. There's your problem. He got and, ripped off. And these are... I guess those are clearly normal boosters? I don't actually know. Yeah, I think you can tell by the coloring of the packaging. I think. Oh, Okay. But the point is, these are all of these. All of these are on the shelf, like on the on the hook, packaged. Which means they're coming from the vendor like that. Yeah. Mm, not necessarily. I kind of doubt some person going through was actually able to unpack and repack all of these standing in the aisle. No, 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 no. What I'm suggesting is it is possible someone is uh, buying them, opening the cardboard bit, putting the boosters in, returning them. Or that it's happening in a warehouse somewhere between uh, Watsy HQ. Let's assume that everything goes through Watsy HQ. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, and this shelf. So the the problem with this is that People that know what to look for, like Brian Gottlieb, can look at it and go, that's not a collector booster. But people who would buy this sort of thing at Target, not knowing any better, are getting screwed. And he got screwed once before, as we showed right here. So, yeah. um, 
So I've pulled up an actual collector booster, and they are entirely green on the sides. So ah, I just wanted okay. to confirm. Yeah, they're entirely green on the sides. So if you see blue, that's the wrong one. So what that means is that somewhere someone is replacing these collector boosters with draft boosters, but then selling them for collector booster prices inside this cardboard packaging. And Target doesn't stock this crap themselves. This comes from a third-party distributor. So, yeah. Um, This is your friendly reminder. If you're going to buy collector boosters, don't buy them at big box stores. Ever. Yeah, like, if you buy these things at a card shop, they're generally behind a big, you know, case where the person is, and they will hand them to you. They're not just going to leave these things sitting out in the front, because they know how expensive they are. Whereas in Target, that's the aisle where all the kids wander over and start, like, flicking at the edges to find out what has foils and whatever else nonsense they want to do, because Target has got much bigger merchandise to keep an eye on than... $25 magic packs. And you should talk your game store anyway. They need you. Target does not. They do need you. And since Wizards apparently doesn't care as much about local game stores anymore, you have to. Uh, Allegedly. I'm not even going to say allegedly. They used to loudly proclaim how much they wanted to help their local game stores, and they haven't said that in a long time. And now they're selling directly to the public. So they've eliminated the middleman, which was your local game store. So let's let's just support your local game store. Don't don't give Target your money because you have a non-zero chance of getting boned. Yeah. Also, Chifuji, thank you for the host. All right. Anything else we need to say about that? Um. I think that about covers it. Wait, yeah. Let's let's actually. Could you send me a a, a link to that picture? Uh, yeah. Drop it in the Twitch chat. Oh, I'll open it up and show everybody. Rather than go googling for it. Fair. And let's see if that link survives. Oh yeah, that is definitely green. Who? Okay, yeah, that's your collector booster, apparently. Although, I don't know if that picture really helps because the draft booster in that picture only sort of matches the draft booster that we can see here, but... Yeah, though it does at least match the wooden... Or wooden, ah, the cardboard holder of the pack. Yeah, it should look more like the cardboard here than the blue that you can see here. All right. Not not have a Cerberus on it. Okay, so that's that's that. Next up, this is Huh, this is a thing. So Frank Karsten posted the top eight deck lists from the GPs. And Bob Huang, yeah, that one, said, are we really back to only posting top eight deck lists for GPs? And Frank Karsten replied, additional top GP deck lists will be provided in an article. 
However, I'm no longer allowed to publish all GP deck lists or provide GP win rate analysis. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Someone tweeted at uh, Channel Fireball, boo! And Karsten responded, this is not Channel Fireball's call. Well, that certainly does narrow it down. And then in a <clears> different <throat> Twitter thread, uh, he said, owners of non-public data sets, in this case, the submitted GP deck lists, have the right to set restrictions on how that data may be used. Which means... It's wizards. <laughs> yeah, some additional questions that came up. Uh, are you still allowed to give a general metagame breakdown for day one slash day two of GPs, even if you aren't allowed to share win rates? The response, no. Which is... No. <laughs> so what we're getting at is that there will be less information on what tournaments look like before you get to the top eight, which will theoretically make it harder to understand the full scope of the format. Because like looking at the conversion rate of, you know, day one to day two deck lists is how you get a sense of what in the meta game is actually working. Because top eights are honestly skewed heavily by player skill. Whereas looking at something with a lot more data points can curve for that a bit. So Presumably Wizards of the Coast, because uh, I can't think of any other party that would do this, wants there to be less data flying around about what the metagame is like at these tournaments. Um, in the past, they have restricted the amount of information that was available to us um, specifically to avoid formats getting solved faster. Like once upon a time, a long time ago, like on the old Wizards website, uh, they actually one posted them. one of them. Um, they actually posted all of the 4-0 Magic Online decks from the daily constructed tournaments. They posted all of them. All of them. It was a lot of data. And so when people wanted a number crunch, they could actually get a good sense of what was working in Magic Online in a given standard format and get a ton of data mining to see like what decks were essentially best and what they were good against. Because you could see what the number two decks were Crap. and so on and so forth. And so they stopped. They stopped posting that, and the reason given was we don't want formats to get solved so quickly because then they become stagnant. Like, once everyone knows what the best deck is and the second and third best deck are, it becomes a rock, paper, scissors that's skewed, and they don't want that. So they just stopped doing it, and I suspect this is something similar to that because we've gotten really good at solving formats, and the only reason that formats haven't been Abzan stalled forever lately is because they keep banning cards. So if they're not going to ban cards as often, theoretically, then we're going to just start solving these formats pretty frequently, and maybe they don't want us to do that. Maybe they don't want Pioneer to be a solved format two months in. Um, Could be. So they didn't say this, but if you're looking for an extrapolation, that seems like the most likely one to me. Like, Watsi said nothing at any point in this conversation. It's just Frank Karsten being a bit direct with responses to why no deck lists. Yeah, and several people asked why, and his response was multiple times, I don't have an answer for that. 
I think he's not happy. <laughs> I can't imagine he would be. This is a big that part of his I... role. Like, if one of your... One of the things that you do that contributes to the quality of the experience is to provide information, and now you can't, then you're going to be upset. And yeah. I would be too. So there are a lot of random conspiracy theories going on, is that because the they keep banning cards and the metas for several formats have been so god-awful, Watsy's trying to hide that fact. And I don't think that's as big a factor as some people might be making it out to be. I don't, I don't think there's th- any hiding it. Like we well, know when they're bad. <laughs> but like I don't I don't think that's it. Yeah. I I, I don't think Watsy went Oh no, this one deck is really running Pioneer. Huh. Maybe we should stop giving out all this data so people don't know. I I I don't think that's it. No. I I think it's more of the solving formats quickly thing that Watsy seems to think is a thing. We have gotten really good at solving formats quickly. Like, as a people. Um, There was a point in time where it felt like formats were in flux for about two months. And then about the time we would start getting the previews for the next set... Um, they would be kind of stable. But for a while now, things were pretty much locked down about a three weeks to a month in. And um, Unless some sort of crazy deck builder thing happened. Yeah, unless something really things, weird came out of nowhere. Yeah, or things, things settled banned. pretty well. And, like, we read off the decks, you know, that win tournaments. And there used to be this point where we would read out like every deck that came out for the first you know month and then it would just sort of be like routine after that but now it's like we read like two maybe three at the beginning and either people stop innovating or they've just decided that they've got what they wanted and that's just where it falls and like admittedly when we've seen some of these results where like this deck is good against you know enough of the field that it posts a win rate of like 60 percent like until they ban something that's the best deck and then when they ban something, something else gets a good win rate and it repeats. But we only know it as that kind of percentage because we have the data to see it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just, I feel like this deck is better than that deck. Um, there were several old formats where it felt like one deck was the most oppressive, even if it didn't have the highest win rates. Um, but that that's the difference between psychology and numbers. Yeah. So. Now... Bear in mind, this is only for Grand Prix. Uh, as you'll see shortly, uh, we still have uh, a metagame breakdown for the Star City events. Just saying. Yeah. So, as you can see on the screen, look, day two metagame breakdown. Hmm. Although, it's there's no hard data, although now that I look at it, it's literally just what's in there yeah hmm like you're not really getting win rates against other things but it's more data um now one thing that i have seen people saying and i think that 
this isn't the point of it, but it could be a side effect of it, is that this means that the the teams, like the people that spend a lot more time prepping together, will be able to just get more of their own data from just playtesting a lot, decks against each other. And previously, someone who's just like, you know, lone gunman or has a small group or whatever, and just going to roll in and try to, you know, spike a GP or something out of nowhere, they don't have that kind of information and they don't have those resources. So this does fa- fa- factor in favor of that. But I think those teams always had that giant advantage anyway, because they were also playing with a higher quality of opponents if they're all taking it seriously. So I understand why people would have that concern, but I don't think it's really as valid as the way that I saw it phrased by several people. I think those groups are just always going to have an advantage, and this isn't really giving them an edge. Yeah, top players on big top player teams having an advantage with this sort of thing is not new. That didn't suddenly spin out of this because Frank Karsten can't post numbers. Yeah. Don't be shocked if people start also just posting their win rates with decks and like giant Google Docs or something and pulling their own numbers that way. Like that's how it's done in a lot of other games that I've seen too. You're kind of relying on people not throwing in junk data, but that is a way that you can pull trends without needing Watsy at all. Especially with things like Magic Online and Arena where people can just play a bunch of games anyway and as long as they're all logging and submitting, you can get some numbers. So if I see anyone doing that, then I'll mention that too. Like it's weird. There's an app in Hearthstone called the the Hearthstone Deck Tracker that record if you're using it, it's recording your your data, your win rates uh of the decks you're playing. And Blizzard is like, "Cool." Yeah. I think like, it's a different philosophy. Yeah, it is cuz like HS Replay which is where the Hearthstone Deck Tracker information goes is a giant massive enormous pile of data but it's not all the data blizzard has all the data because it's their game but blizzard doesn't care (laughs) i know that blizzard has enabled a number of third-party things to literally pull data on all of the players like you know win rates with characters and overwatch or heroes of the storm or things like that and so you can just straight up browse through people's you know success and also pull big numbers like that's kind of how they're like oh look the win rate of may is super great in overwatch because that's all just there and like they're not hiding it because they don't care whereas i think wizards is worried that if a format stagnant people stop buying stuff um but admittedly the people that are going super crazy pro are going to be buying singles anyway and that's third party so Yes, know. clues. Yeah, so uh, if I could, if I could ask a, a couple of questions, a couple of thoughts that have occurred to me. So, uh, in the end, uh, a solved format is probably bad for Watsy because they probably sell less product. Um, we don't necessarily have direct numbers on that, nor do I think we ever would. I don't think that's something Watsy would say out loud. No. They might say it by their actions, but they're not going to say it out loud. Uh, but my question is. Uh, is a solved format better or worse for us as players? Um, 
I think that the experienced players really appreciate solved formats because it takes away a lot of the variables and it means that they learn how to play whichever deck they think is the best in a given weekend and they learn the matchups that it's good and bad against and how to play those. So they get a lot of repetitions on very specific scenarios and that makes them have a better chance of winning than someone who just rolls in with their pet deck. Um, so would you say that uh, for uh, high-level players, uh, a solved format would reduce variance and therefore yes. it's beneficial to them? Yeah. Okay, but what about to the rest of us? Um, are, we, the rest are we better of off as spectators or as uh, folks who dabble in tournaments? Are we better off with a solved format or not? Spectators are better off without a solved format because it means that random funny interactions can occur. Like more decks exist, more things make it. Possibly someone surprises everyone. There's more discussion. It like that keeps that new format smell longer. Um, for people that are like middling skill, like maybe they take down their F and M and they occasionally go to big tournaments and every once in a while they day two. Um, solve formats are more in their favor because it means that they just pick what they think is the best deck and play it rather than trying to innovate or brew something new. But like again, once you get rid of all the variants, then it becomes more skill-based. And that's where they're going to fall behind the people that are just better than them over time. Because magic as a game has a bit of variance and a whole lot of skill with the ability to work with the variance you're given. And a solved format takes out some of that variance and lets you lean harder on the skill. So... Really, like, are you better at magic? Solve format, good. Are you worse at magic? Solve format, bad. Hmm. And I, I kind of feel like which one Watsy would prefer to happen is not as straightforward as a question as it might seem. Hmm. Um, the, the reason that I say that is, you know, there's been, to my mind, and I, again, this is not anything explicit necessarily, to, but to my mind there's been this uh, kind of ongoing narrative from Watsi of late that what they want to do is to build like stars, like persona. Like they really want you to get behind a professional uh, or uh, a specific professional who's playing and that, Oh, they're, they're the draw. And so if that's your goal, then I feel like a solved format is actually better because now the thing that's deciding the winner is not so much variance it's the skill of the players which kind of fuels the storyline of where we're selling our our pros rather than just this weird dream that we all have that someday we're going to take down a gp but at the same time from Watsi's standpoint, selling that dream that someday you're going to take down a GP is what keeps you grinding, even if you're not that good of a player. You're like, well, this deck could be the one that breaks it open this week, so I'm going to go play it. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like there's more than one, there's more than one outcome well, that could happen here. I, I, I don't know. It, it seems like a, a thorny problem. I think the, the plan from the Wizards of the Coast end is to sell you a game that gives you an excuse for why you didn't win and keeps you coming back thinking that things will go differently next time. That's why we have a mana system instead of a static resources system. Like, it's not chess. You can always blame getting mana screwed or a bad draw or something for why you didn't win 
because you were clearly good enough to win that. Just keep playing and eventually the math will come out in your favor. And that's a balancing act. Um, I think Watsi is happiest when there are not three good decks, but about five. So that you don't see like the same things flooding the top eight. And people still feel like they've got a bit of complexity to get through. But it's not so scattershot random that it just feels pointless and determined by chance. Because then the people that are enfranchised enough to do that, they're just not going to do it. Like, after a certain point, if it's too variable, it just feels like gambling. And, like, it is, but you're not supposed to know that. So it's not release (laughs) weekend that they want. And it's also not week before rotation that they want. They're trying to extend the... We're two weeks in, these decks look good, but who knows, sort of thing. Yeah, they're trying to extend that feeling of, I bought what I thought were going to be the staples of the set, but I'm still keeping an eye out in case something else pops up. Um, I think back when Return to Ravnica came out, and we went through the very beginning of it, which is like blue-white control like crazy, but also there was a good red deck. Yes. And also there was a good black deck and also like just a new deck would come out every few weeks because people had enough things to play whatever their favorite archetype was even if blue white was still the best deck these other decks were winning and they were winning enough that it didn't feel like you had to play the blue white deck that went to time every round because you both sphinx's revelation for six hours like you could try to race it with other cards. And like, that's the best thing. Cause then people pay attention every week to see what's good now. And they keep playing limited and they keep going and doing it. And it becomes interesting, but most formats can't support that. And it's really hard to play design for a format that'll support that. Because also once players think something's the best deck, they stop testing. And I think that's the fear right now is that we're just finding the best two or three and we just don't dig any further because why would you, once you've got a deck that breaks 55% win rate, anything else is going to be not worth your time. So again, don't work in play design, don't work at Watsy. But if I was looking at this from a purely financial standpoint, you want people to feel like they could still win and that it's worth their trouble to try. It's kind of casino logic. So that's fun to think about. But what do you think, Chewy? I agree with just all of that. Hooray. I lapsed into listening to two guys on a podcast talk mode. So (laughs) (laughs) that is fair. Hey, you think that's bad? Like whenever one of us misses the show and we're listening to it later, we just start talking at like people that aren't there because we're just used to being in the conversation. So it works in both directions. It's true. So, yeah, that was a nice long discussion about a decision that was made behind the scenes. Yeah, it's interesting and weird. Noting that interesting is not always good. Yeah. I mean, one of the great curses is may you live in interesting times. May you live in interesting times, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I could go for less of that. Right. Yeah, me too. I I could I would dig some boring times to live in right about now. Just like just have a little bit of nineties every now and then. <laughs> like the worst thing ever is that people are dancing the Macarena. I mean, there were real problems, but we weren't aware of them. <laughs> anyway, right. Yeah. 
let's uh let's get back to the news. Uh for those of you that use the um Magic the Gathering companion thing. Let's see here. The Oh, excuse me. Apparently they released a new feature called the player experience back in December so that uh you can join or host an event and now it's going to be on iOS too wait there's a second iOS no iOS comma TOO yeah I iOS too. also Magnus Veer said, new Patreon tier. Clues and Squee try to talk on episodes of Eminem they weren't present for and continue to get frustrated. <laughs> I mean, if we'll be honest, you're probably just going to get that from me sitting on an airplane confusing the person next to me. Uh, but yeah, you can host an event, join an event. Joining an event is easy. You just punch in, punch in the code. And there you go. It says the development team for Companion is shifting to focus work on developing the non-tournament related features we've been anxious to get in front of you. So life tracker, rules look up, blah, 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 blah. But they're still taking feedback and iterating on the designs for the home tournament organizer too. So there you go. If that's a thing that sounds cool to you, check it out. Yay. Right? Yeah. There we go. Look at that support for not Windows. Yay. The real news. And the, Yeah, right. All right. And also, speaking of things that are uh, available on mobile, uh, we forgot to mention last week that Magic Mana Strike is out. You can go play it. It's on the App Store and Google Play. Has anyone done this in the last week? Uh, I know Gothic. I sure haven't played it. Uh, it's just like uh, I keep saying Minion Masters because that's the one I played, but that's not a mobile game. It's just like because uh, it's not. Uh, is it Cla- Clash? Something I can't remember because I've never played the damn game. Clash but of Clans, Clash of the Titans, Clash Bandicoot. Uh, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> But here, here, here's the uh, Liliana animation that you can see on the screen now. And if you're listening to the audio version, go, go uh, check out the uh, the links. Is, is Liliana doing that fighting game thing where you're just sort of bobbing for no reason for the first few seconds there? Uh, sort of, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. It's her idle animation. Now, if if you, I can blow this up, and so you can see the actual. Uh, gameplay so on one side this is your your hero or your core or whatever and on the other side is the thing and then there's a line down the middle and what you do is as time passes you build up mana clash royale that's the one thank you vincent but as time passes you build up mana and so you can play more expensive things so like every i don't know let's say i've never played it myself every second let's say then you get a uh one mana and so after six seconds you can play something that costs six or you can play two things that cost three 
and you place them on the board, and they walk forward. And your enemy is doing this too, and the object, same as it is in Magic, is to kill the opposing player by hitting them. Except you have no control over your minions, you just drop them, and they do their thing. Uh, They walk forward and attack things that they can attack when they get inside their sphere of influence. And it's... Uh, I've, like I said, I haven't played this one, but I still do occasionally boot up and play Minion Masters, which is the same idea. Uh, the fact that this is mobile only actually means if I do play it, it won't be a thing I play often, which is too bad because I don't, I don't play games on my phone. Really? So, but apparently it's fun. The games are relatively quick and yeah. Like in this, where's the beginning of this animation? Yeah, here we go. You can see like a stampede of animals just charging through your opponent's board and dealing damage to the things. And then it said, battle end. And I didn't see what happened. But there you go. That's out. Go play it. Yay! And also, if you watch YouTube at all, you might have seen the full trailer, which has zero gameplay. It is just much like the game trailer, much like the uh, Clash Royale ads on YouTube. It's just sweet animation of cool things. Here's a werewolf, and then we have zombies surrounding it, and then we skip ahead some more, and Garrick throws a zombie. I mean, they're throwing weapons. And then uh, we have a big-ass demon, and then Chandra is setting things on fire, and then here's Nyssa, and there's big-ass elemental, and then Jace has lots of copies of himself. Wow, look, they're running! Oh my god, they're running! And then it's a slow motion, and then Mana Strike. Like, there's no gameplay at all. So you it's see, really cool and tells you nothing about it, which is what they want. It had to cut away games. because Jace is not actually that fit. So, like, the illusions are all running at full speed, but he's the one doing, I'm blue. And then he takes a breather. Hey, that happens in the books. I don't know, man. I just really like Garrick throws a zombie. I saw him with his shirt off. He was That appeals to me. Yeah, it's because he does, like, you know, weight training, not Oh, no cardio. Gotcha. He skips leg day, like, every time. (laughs) Why he wears the robe so that you won't see that he's like, you know, super jacked in the upper torso, but like he's got chicken legs. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So that's, uh, that's Mana Strike. If you play it, let us know how it is. You can join the Mana Pool Discord server and let us know there. Let me know there. Uh, or on Twitter, something. Just, just let me know uh, how you like it. It's not magic at all. It's no. another game with a magic skin on it. But sometimes it's all you need. It's a game cosplaying as magic. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Neat. Like, Team Fight Tactics is a game that I utterly despise, but people love it because it's dressed up like uh, League of Legends. Hmm. So, you know, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I've enjoyed my fair share of Mario Kart clones. Yeah. Still fun. Alright, so I think that's it for news, right? I believe so. All right. Yeah. Seems like it. All right. So now we just have Terminaments. 
Yay, tournaments. Uh, whoops, wrong one. No, that was right. Uh, the Players Tour in, where was this? Phoenix. Happened this weekend. Hey. Hey. Just something. What'd you think? Yeah, of? no, I just, I just had one of those, one of those deep thoughts moments. And it occurs to me that Watsy was tired of Monday Night Magic talking about tournaments so much. So they're only giving us the top eight. There we go. Yeah, we'll go with that. Totally. Yeah. You're welcome. Now, I've, I meant to say this earlier, but they got into uh, their discussion and I forgot. The 11 and 4 or better deck lists did get posted in an article. So it's not just the top 8. But it's still not detailed analysis. Yeah. You're not getting the win rates versus other decks or anything. Exactly. Okay, so yeah, the Players Tour Phoenix uh, happened. This is the third of the Players Tours, the final one that feeds into the uh, Players Tour Finals, which will happen sometime. Sometime. At some point in the future. Yeah. I I literally don't know when that is. Uh, in chat, the post now. If you do know, let us know. I know Worlds is coming up this weekend... Does it say up here somewhere? No. No. Okay. Well, if you figured it out, let us know. Maybe but anyway, Worlds is why they told us they weren't banning anything. Could be. But, be a really niche reason, but... But if there was no hint that they were going to ban anything, why? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I got nothing. Okay, so Curry... Get, cur, <clears throat> try that again. Curry. Corey, cur, er, er, Corey Burkhart won... Playing, what was Corey Burkhart playing? Demir Inverter, because of course he was. Now, there were only two Inverter decks in the top eight, so there's that. Demir Inverter actually sounds like a title you would have within that guild, though. (laughs) It does. terrifying. Uh, uh, Huey Jensen took second playing the Lotus Breach deck, because Underworld Breach is, is totally fine. Uh, not at all busted. Thought distortion clues. <laughs> uh, Jacob Wilson took third playing a Sultide Delirium deck. Remember, we're in Pioneer. Yeah. Uh, Austin Bursevich was in fourth. Here we go on a blue-white control deck with Elspeth Sun's Nemesis, Narset Parter of Veils, Teferi... The hero of Dominaria, wait, Teferi. Wait, who, who, who took fourth? Austin Bursevich. I don't think that's true. What happened to Zachary, let's say, Kine? Are these not who in was, order down here? He was in the semifinals against Corey Burkhart. So, okay, last week you guys said these were in order down here in the top eight players. So they I just assumed they were this week. Yeah, they're apparently Well, not. you know what happens when you make assumptions. So are you saying the top eight deck lists are in order? I have no idea. I haven't even found the top eight deck lists. I only see this oh, bracket. Right. So with, you have with to decks. click. Uh, yeah. First five, is Corey. Uh, second is Huey. Um, what do you have third on your list? Speed it up. I don't have a list. Uh, okay, so it looks like looks like it's Zachary Keane. I'm so sorry. Apparently, we are consummate professionals, ladies well, and gentlemen. Yeah, we are, but apparently, freaking Wizards coverage isn't. Since there's no top eight in order 
anywhere. Hey, look, fool us once, shame on someone. Jesus. Okay, so apparently Zachary Keen is in third, playing Mono Red Aggro. Yay. Yeah, there we go. Uh, okay, now Jacob Wilson. What was he playing? Sultan Delirium. Uh, Delirium. Yeah. Okay, and now... For a fifth or eighth in no particular freaking order, since Watsy doesn't care, I don't either. Uh, we've got Thomas Ashton playing Bad Spirits, which is the deck that plays the Supreme Phantom. Austin Bursevich playing the Blue Eye Control deck that I was just going through. It's also got Teferi Time Raveler. It's 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 Planeswalkers. Uh, Alan Wu was playing Lotus Breach and uh, Peter Ingram was playing the other Demir Inverter deck in the top 8 there you go is it at all noteworthy that most of these matches were 2-0 I mean it might be but I don't it just do that sort of thing know, it just kind of just kind of stood out to me that uh only one quarterfinal match and one semifinal match were 2-1. I don't know. Huh. Just crushing it. They're all just crushing it. Yeah, it would appear so. They're all tired and want to eat dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, only one of them was playing the mono-red aggro, so only one of them had the right idea. Made the mistake of winning and then not getting beat dinner. Whoops. Yeah, but then lost in the semifinals, so. Hunger yeah. can only be held off for so long, Clues. Uh, so, if you want to see more decks, the uh, 15 and higher point Pioneer decks were here. Uh, this is a split format again, so take that, take from that yeah, what you so. will. Oh, we do have a uh, day I... two metagame. Do we? Yeah. Where's that? Because oh, I, I saw the, uh, more. The, the, the most played cards. I thought that was interesting. Let's see here. So Demir Inverter had a a forty almost forty two percent conversion rate to have thirty copies in day two. Lotus Breach had nineteen copies in day two with a fifty seven and a half percent conversion rate. Who? There were fifteen Bant Spirits that made day two, fourteen Soul Tide Delirium, ten mono red aggro, nine mono black aggro, and from there it's four and less. But there's a whole mess. Real quick. <gasps> Sultai Inverter, Azorius Control, Mono Black Vampire, Simic Ramp, Azorius Spirits, Mono White Heliod, Sram Aras. Is it Phoenix? Yes. Jund Aggro, Jund Delirium, Orzov Midrange. Is it Aggro? Yes. Orzov Doom Foretold. <laughs> really? <laughs> Esper Control, Golgari Midrange, Naya Zoo, no kidding, and Gruul Aggro. Or you could get your degree. You could major in business management, but not data analysis. Or no accounting. Can... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So this is the kind of statistics we're not going to get anymore, right? For GPs. For GPs. Okay. Level. Okay, just for GPs. Okay, I'm this sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Apparently. Can I, can I talk about the, the most played cards at PT Phoenix? Because they, yeah, they, sure. they, they tweeted that? that. Most played yeah. cards. Yes, the top four cards. Kind of. I don't even it's... see that. Where's that? There was a tweet. I clicked on it. It was up near the top, above the 
something. Oh, it's a something. tweet. Yeah, yeah it's there the it is. Tweet oh, the there it is. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, so here you go. Your most played cards uh, with 699 copies, Mystical Dispute. It's, uh, it's an instant that counters things, so no one cares. 687 copies of Thoughtseize. She takes Gross. good cards out of my hand, so no one cares. Uh, 500, or 652 copies of Fatal Push. Now, there's something we can get behind. Can, can a a Fatal Push? Fatal Push. Ooh. And 393 copies of Dig Through Time. That is quite a cliff to step off of, right? Yeah. Oh. I don't Let's know go how, from 652 how many puns deep you're going here, everybody. I find that somewhat odd. But... There you go. If you'd like to know about the top four cards, the most played cards, excuse me, in the top eight, uh, Mystical Dispute is back with 20 copies. Dig Through Time still hanging around with 13. Fatal Push with 12. And Opt with 12. It's like one deck's popular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the, the top eight decks, there were... Here it is. Uh, two Demir Inverter, two Lotus Breach, and the others were just one-ofs. So, yeah. yeah. And you'll keep getting your blues with some of those. Yeah, the Delirium and White-Blue Control. Blue was in everything but Mono-Red, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a format designed to make clues sad. Yeah. But Mono-Red was still there. They've been making formats to make Clues sad since at least 2009. Clues, when did you start playing Magic? 2009. That's what I figured. Take that. Ha! My God, I've been playing Magic for 11 years? Huh. You've not played Magic all of those years. Oh, certainly not, no. But... <laughs> I've known right. how to play Magic for... There you go. At least 10 of those... So that uh, is the Players Tour Phoenix. Yeah. Yay. Congrats to all those people. But there's more because there was a Grand Prix going on at the Magic Fest that was in Phoenix. Yeah. 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 With 919 players. Who? Playing Pioneer. Yay, well let <sighs> Thank you, Channel Fireball. Oh, hold on. There we go. So, uh Ben White's one playing the mono red Eldrazi deck. This is also uh Pioneer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is Pioneer. There's Zergo. Bell Striker. Not gonna see him anywhere else. Zergo. Uh wow. Mono Red Eldrazi. So it's got Eldrazi Obligator. And other than that, it's a Mono Red deck. Got it. Yep. That's <laughs> okay. how names work. Uh, Andrew Lopez took second with the Demir Inverter deck because, of course. It's what you do. Uh, Kyle Henriksen was playing the Supreme Phantom. <laughs> with the Bant Spirits. Oh, there was a Thought Not Seer in the sideboard. Oh, yeah, look at that. Thought Not Wow. A total of seven Eldrazi. Means you can mm -hmm. name it Monterey Eldrazi. Uh, fourth place was Isaac Sears playing Demir Inverter. Hmm. 
Joseph Arts took fifth, playing Demir Inverter. Max, oh lord. That's a cool name. Milikman? Milikman? Mileshman. We'll go with that one just because I know it's wrong. Uh, playing Mileshman. Demir Inverter. He's a Digimon. <laughs> he is a Digimon. Steven Peters took seventh playing the Supreme Phantom. And Jonathan Rosum was playing Demir Inverter to eighth place. So at the GP, we've got one, two, three, four, five Demir Inverters out of eight. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Okay, now I'm, I'm curious real quick. Creature. Oh my god. This isn't an article, it's just a list. Oh, it's a Google Sheet. Yeah. Wait, what is? The, the 11 or four, eleven and 4 or better deck lists. But do those links work? Ooh, I don't know. Let's click one. Ooh, that one does. Let's click a lower one. Now downloading internet. Yep, that works. Lewis Watkins, is that who I clicked on? That is who I clicked on. You know on. what? I'll accept this. If the links yeah. work, I'll accept this format. Uh, yeah. Well, there... They're in order with a deck name, with a record, and the links take us to a deck list. I'll take it. Yeah, this is pretty sweet. Uh, I just want to say the top uh, Is It Scissors deck was 11th place. Right. Just just saying. Because they weren't running. <laughs> wow. For safety, dude. All right. So if you want more data, there's there's some information there, but it's literally just deck lists and records. Yes. That's cool. There you go. Dive that data where you can find it. Now, uh, well, I guess that's it for the GP. Bye, Phoenix. Bye, Phoenix. Let's go to the other place that starts with a F. Philadelphia. Born and raised. I'm not going to keep that one going for you. <laughs> okay. I don't want to get Chewy demonetized. <laughs> Oh, good point. Because we'd be so accurate. And as we mentioned, he needs the money because I'm going to bill him for all of it. It's true. The Infiltrator just subbed for the sixth month in a row. Says I'm scared of what is it scissors would actually do. Well, it takes cheap artifacts and turns them into four fours and then beats you in the head with them. But if you mean actual scissors that the is it uses. They have rockets on them. Bless you. I'm imagining like hedge clippers with a rocket on each side that are by <laughs> default out, and as soon as you turn them on, you just run. You just run away. Yeah. That's, that's how totally Invisit it. died. None of this other nonsense. That's what did it. <laughs> so, Star City Philadelphia was uh, another team constructed, so that means one person playing standard, one person playing modern. One person playing Pioneer. Yeah. How many teams do we have in this? Do, do we know? 239 teams. So 717 players. There you go. How many Yokos? Uh, not legal in any of these formats, so zero. That's the point. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. If you're playing one, you've played too many. Anyway, so we've got uh, the winning team of Zach Allen, Harlan Fearer, Firer. I really need to learn how to say his name. And Dan Jessup. Editor. 
uh, Zach Allen was playing Azorius Control in Standard. We've got Demir Wurza in Modern by Harlan. And Dan was playing Sultai Delirium in Pioneer. Second place, we have Cole Cunningham playing Blue Eye Control in Standard. Liam Carlton playing Bant Spirits in Pioneer. And Robert Cedar playing uh, Blue White Control in Modern. Huh. Okay. The, the team has got a lot of Blue White. A little bit. Uh, third place, Russell Lee was playing Mono Black Aggro in Pioneer. Daryl Ayers was playing Amulet Titan in Modern. And Bobby Fort. Wait, I almost said Fortunately, but that's not what that says. Bobby Fortanley. Fortanley? One of those. Fortnite. was playing Mono Red Aggro in Standard. This is a group that wanted to eat lunch. I respect all those choices, honestly. I do, too. Yeah. Uh, and then rounding out the top four, Alexander Chen was playing Blue-White Control in Standard. Rodney Bedell, or Bedell was playing Amulet Titan in Modern. And Rachel Feingersh was playing Bant Spirits in Pioneer. Supreme, etc., etc. Supreme. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of Demir Inverter here in this top eight. But again, team event, multiple formats, can't really get much use. This data does not actually have a lot of value. Yeah, there's there's one in seventh right here. Weirdness ensues. Oh, hiccup. You you okay there, bud? I'm I'm not seeing... Remember rule number one. Uh, I know, right? I'm not seeing any Inverter other than that one. Control Hang F. On. Control F invert. There's one in seventh and the one in twenty first. Yeah. Okay. Neat. Huh. Well, there you go. Uh the day two metagame breakdown shows uh Pioneer, Pioneer, Pioneer. Demir Inverter, only two made day two. But and again, we saw them. <laughs> mixed format, not really anything usable there. Although there were a whole lot of Amulet Titans in Modern. Seven. Only five Heliod Company. And then it drops down to twos and ones. Six Bant Spirits in Pioneer. And five Mono Black Aggro. And then it drops down to twos and ones. Standard had seven Team of Reclamation. Six Azorius Control. Four Mono Red Aggro. And then twos and ones. So nothing running away with the show here. In this team event. Yeah. All right, but then we have the three other uh, tournaments. How many people were playing in the Standard Classic? 89. 89. Okay, let's go. Jeffrey White took first with Bant Midrange Deck. Uh, Philip Stanley took second with Teamer Adventures. It's like a which, coloring book. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like uh, like a knockoff Disney afternoon show. Yeah. It's like, it's the gummy bears, but they've crudely drawn, like, bone necklaces on them or something. That's great. <laughs> In third place, Kevin Fennekin mm-hmm. played Bant Ramp. <laughs> with... Bouncing here and there. Demonetized gummy bears. <laughs> In fourth place... <laughs> Uh, Will Pulliam was playing Zeskai Fires. Brandon Dempsey in fifth on Azorius Control. Dominic Harvey in sixth on Teamer Reclamation. Dylan Gellis took seventh. Jealous? Gellis? It's one of those. With the Blue White Control deck. And Christopher Tarantino was playing Teamer Reclamation in eighth. But don't worry, Clues. In tenth, there's a mono red aggro. 
played by someone nice. named Dash. Nice. That is someone who knows the value of lunch. Yeah. You merely wanted to eat it. I was born to eat it. Exactly. Also, another modern red aggro played by someone whose last name is Whetstone. I'm I'm just I'm just saying sharp. That's a weird nice. meta choice, but okay. The the cooler the name, the more likely you are to play red. I mean, I, I was going to say the more likely we are to read your name. That is also proven. Accurate. Okay, next. Uh, this is the Pioneer Classic. How many people were playing that? Pioneer Classic. One, five, seven players. Okay, 157 people played there. Andrew Gould took it down with Sultai Delirium. Kevin Therian was in second with a mono black aggro deck. Jesse Hedman took third with Bant Spirits. Oh, here's our Demir Inverter in fourth there by Adam is. Cohen. Five color Niv Mizzet. Didn't we have a name for this? Uh, probably. It was the uh, Niv to Light. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, I remember that joke. Yeah, yeah. Tyler O'Brien was playing the Niv to Light deck. Andrew Biddles in six with another Demir Inverter. Lee McLeod took seventh with a Lotus Breach. And Tim Turner took eighth with a Jeskai Fires deck. I only see one more Demir Inverter deck in this top 16. Hmm. Maybe it's not running away with the format. Maybe people just hate it. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Well, let me take a let me take a quick glance. Let me just double check. I hate this. Oh yeah, I hate this deck. Well, yeah, yeah. I know you do. Hmm. All right. Last one. The modern event. One seventy six players, proving that modern will always have the most players. Ooh, huh. I like the look of this list. Uh, Lucas Molo Molho, something like that, was playing a mono red prowess deck. Is this the one? Yeah. Okay, that one. Got it. Uh, William Moody took second with Ad Nauseam. Nick Allain played the Mono Red Prowess deck to third. Hmm. Douglas Schaub took fourth with a Mardu Pyromancer deck. Ooh. Check out this different metagame here. Douglas, Sh I just said that. Chris Castro Rappel took fifth with the Heliod Company deck. Sean Pacenti was playing Demir Wurza in sixth. There's a Mono Green Tron in 7th by Nikolaos uh, Philopolis. And then in 8th place, an Azorius Stoneblade deck played by Edgar Flores. Really? Evidently. Been a while since I said his name. Hey, you want to take a look at that 10th place deck? 10th place. Demir Mill? What? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Is Ventress old... Gargoyle. Oh, it's the crab. Oh. Vantress Gargoyle. What is this? Oh, it's a 5-4 flyer for two that isn't turned on until they have threshold. Okay. Hedron Crab, of course. Jace's Phantasm, of course. Manic Scribe. Each opponent... When it enters the battlefield, each opponent mills for three. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, if there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard... That player puts the top three in their graveyard. Oh! Okay, there's a Mesmeric Orb, an Archive Trap, Crypt Incursion. What? Yeah. Drown in the Lock. 
That's Fatal good. Push, Vision, Visions of Beyond, and Glimpse the Unthinkable. Whoa. Wow. This is... I ain't even mad. This is so... It's a mill deck that doesn't care if it mills you to death because it's beating you with Jace's Phantasms and Vantress Gargoyles. Dare we call it mill midrange? Like, instead of ramping out bigger creatures, it just turns itself on, and then once it's going, you're getting beat in the face and counterspelled. Like, it's counterspell is a kill spell. That's just great once you get there. Yeah. This is neat. And plus, this you got your good old Shell Dock Isle. Yeah, like, if you ignore the rarities of the cards, this really feels like one of those um, theme decks that they would put out. Like, it does. When it would be like, this deck could win FNM. And it does a thing, and it does it pretty well, only obviously with higher card quality. Yeah. That's neat. I like it. Neat. Man, the archive trap. That is just... I don't know. That feels spicy to me. Oh, yeah. Now, let's... Let's be clear here. This deck is totally capable of milling you to death. Quickly. But... Yeah. If it misses, it, that's okay. It's got 5-5 five, five flyers for one and 5-4 five, flyers for two. The ability to finish the game of your opponent has something that solves the milling problem is, you know, important. Like That's really obvious, but a lot of mill decks really rely on getting you milled out before you can do anything to stop it. This one goes, oh, you've, you've somehow stabilized or I ran out of mill ammo. I've still been hating you the whole game, so I guess I'm just going to beat you to death. Yeah. Which is a much better plan. Yeah, Mill Mill's problem has always been you're not affecting the board at all. Like, it either mills you out or it loses. There's yeah. not usually a plan B. If, yeah. Like, if you mill the top, mill them down to one card left, or mill them down to no cards left, and then they kill you before they lose... You literally did nothing that game. <laughs> yeah. Like, occasionally there's some feel-bads from newer players. You're like, oh, I wanted that card you milled. But the experienced players are like, cool, you're not hitting my life. Uh, yeah. Or my board. Or anything. Or my whatever. You're not stopping me from killing you on turn seven. Yeah. All right. That's cool. I like it. Neat. Neat. And now we're out of tournaments. And now we're out of tournaments. And now we're at a show. We are at a show. Huh, look at that. Wow. Where'd my show go? Well, good news, we can try the show again next week. Oh, good. That sounds like a plan. Talk about worlds or something. Probably, yeah. That sounds right. So, how about we wrap it up then gents and also okay. you too yeah all right gents let's do it um okay gents didn't have anything to say all right um yeah you can find me on twitter at squee goblin Bob. there's no i in goblin because uh apparently uh frank carson's not allowed to post it sorry <laughs> that, that's why it's not on twitter he's not allowed to post it and like i'm not gonna do it like that's not my responsibility it was his job 
Um, but apparently he's not allowed to post the eye, so it's not there. Um, beyond that, I just want to comment that if anyone listening actually saw the Birds of Prey movie, like, tell me if it was good or not, because I certainly didn't see it. And most of the people that have commented on it have said it was good, but underattended. And if it's good for people that aren't just like extremely, I need Harley Quinn in my life right now, I want to know, because then I might go see it. I well past the point in my life where I just assume DC is producing good movies because I'm not like eight. Um, <laughs> and their track record's been really bad. Um, but I would like to know in general if it's good because I want to see it. Like it, I like the idea of this movie and I've been told good things. So give me some more data points to work with. Um, past that, uh, I'm going to be at a con this weekend. I don't imagine anyone here is going, but it's called Nashicon. It's in Columbia, South Carolina, mostly going because my friends run it and it's a excuse to not go to work for like five days. So that's where yep. I'm going to be. Um, but I'll be back in time for Monday Night Magic. I'll be back on like Sunday. So no big deal there. Uh, but if you happen to be in Columbia, South Carolina and you want to hang out, just shoot me a tweet or something and we'll see where that goes. Tweet. Uh, tweet, tweet. And I think that's about all I got to say there. So, Blue. Hey, uh, if you want to hear more from me, I'm on the Twitters. I'm at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. By the way, we have show notes. Uh, I don't actually have anything other interesting going on or happening. I guess I'd kind of like to know how the Birds of Prey movie is so that like a year from now when I buy it on Blu-ray, I'll know if it's good before I buy it. Hmm. It's an important thing to know. It's probably how that's going to happen. And that, so that, that's really it. I, a year from now when he buys it, he'll know if he wants to watch it a year from then. Right. That's, that's pretty, that you're actually pretty accurate there. It's a there. pretty yeah. good cycle. <laughs> oh, Blues now I'm saying. the movie industry going just very slowly. Very, very slowly. I'm doing my part. Hey, Clues, just to let you know for like a year and a half from now, you're probably going to yeah. like Endgame. Oh, no, that one I saw. Totally Cheating. went to the, the movie theater for that one. Trend over. Yeah. <laughs> I never was really Excuse good me. at trends. That's fair. All right, then. So I guess over to Chewy. Yay. So hi, I'm Chewy. I hope I'm not getting sick, but that's not looking. That's not looking like the case, unfortunately. A lot. Ow. Uh, so hi, I'm Chewy. I do Hi, things. I do Monday Night Magic here on Monday nights with these two. Obviously, since it's Monday night and I'm here with them. Checks out. Uh, Thursday nights, we do The Mana Pool here on twitch.tv slash The Mana Pool. And then on other nights of the week, I stream things. Video game things. For instance, on Wednesday, hopefully, I will be streaming the next chapter of the Hearthstone... Solo adventure, Galakron's Awakening. Hopefully. I'm not, you know, sick and dying. Hmm. Um, speaking of which, hang on. Had to take a drink. Let's see, what else do I stream here? All kinds of stuff. There's Hearthstone, there's Skyrim. I did another Skyrim stream where we joined the Thieves Guild. And I streamed for seven hours... 
And we didn't finish the Thieves' Guild. We barely scratched the surface of the Thieves' Guild because it's real easy to get sidetracked in Skyrim. Yup. So that'll, no... that'll be a thing I do uh, in the future. More Skyrim. I'm I'm slowly getting more and more into mods for that game, too. Because there's, like, an actual million of them. So some of them are pretty good. <laughs> So yeah, if you have any good quality of life mods for Skyrim, let me know. Yeah, I don't want, like, Cloud's Buster Sword, and I don't want an entire new island that you have to go to and do... No, I don't want any of that. Uh, Yet. (laughs) You're gonna install the Dragon Voice mod, right? The Dragon Voice mod. What? I'll just let you wonder what that is for a while. Okay, I'll I'll go look that up. Isn't there one that replaces the dragons with uh, Thomas the Tank Engine, or am I crazy? Uh, probably. That also exists. Although my favorite Thomas the Tank Engine replacement is for Mr. X and Resident Evil. In Resident Evil 2, yeah. Which is amazing. I have seen videos of that. It is absolutely terrifying. Yep. Like the the new the remake clues. The yeah, new yeah, one. the new one. Yeah, it's, it's pretty special. great. He smacks you through walls. But he's also a train. <laughs> a happy, smiling train. <laughs> but anyway, um, also there's a lot of stuff going on on uh, YouTube.com slash The Manipool. Where there's at least one YouTube video that goes up every day. Every day. Let's see. Monday Night Magic and The Manipool both go up there. The Manipool goes up on Sundays. Monday Night Magic goes up on... Tuesdays, because we record it on Monday night, and it goes live the next day. That's how that works. Yeah. Let's see. What's going up now? Untitled Goose Game. I'm still working on those videos. I played Slay the Spire. Remember that game? The last time I posted Slay the Spire video was in July. I didn't realize it had been that long since I recorded it. It's like the last decade, dude. Right? But uh, they released a new character, a fourth character called The Watcher. And so I did exactly one run with her, and she's awesome. So that'll be Good. going up in uh, a series of YouTube videos. It's uh, it's pretty good. She she has she uses stances that have different effects. So the wrath stance, if you're in the wrath stance, you deal and receive double damage. And then there's the Calm Stance, which when you exit it, it gives you two extra energy, which is essentially mana. And I kept forgetting that. (laughs) So I kept planning these really intricate turns, and then I would exit the Calm Stance, get the extra energy, and be like, Oh yeah, this is amazing, I just win. So yeah, she's, uh, she's ridiculous. And so, yeah, that was that was a hell of a run. I'm really excited to bring those three videos to you on the YouTube channel. Yay, play it, Slay the Spire. It's such a good game. It's a roguelike, card-based... Co- combat? What? I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's good. Go play it. And if you'd like to see it, I got 30... Two, I think, videos of it on the YouTube channel that you can check out. Yeah. Is there anything else? 
I guess that's it for now. That's going up on YouTube. For nah. now. Oh, and Galakron's Awakening, of course. Those are going up too. Until that adventure ends. Yeah. 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 I don't know when we all turn into Skeletor, except for Clues. He is. Uh, yeah, I knew. I knew better. Who? Wait. Who? Who is someone who stayed quiet? Snake Eyes. Yeah, we're Squee and I are Skeletor. Clues the Snake Eyes. Yeah. There you go. Meh! Ninja with a gun! <laughs> you bumbling boob! You think you're gonna win? I win. <laughs> Zero success. <laughs> anyway, anyway, right. Uh, as always, Manipool Productions, which is all of the stuff, the, the podcast, the YouTube videos, the Twitch streams, all of that is... Uh, <laughs> A Patreon-funded endeavor. Uh, so if you would like to help out, go to patreon.com slash themanapool and sign up to become a lifeguard. You can get Manipool episodes and YouTube videos early. You can get the odds and ends, which is all the behind-the-scenes nonsense recorded before and after, both Monday Night Magic and the Manipool. Where some of it is priceless. Some of it is priceless, including all the times that Clue Square uh, swears. It happens. And sure. also, I got two more of those odds and ends posted yesterday and forgot to mark them off my list. Huh, I need to go do that. But I'll wait until after the show. And also, you can become a mythic lifeguard and get your name in the sponsorship shout-out on both podcasts and on the end screen for all the other YouTube videos. So I would like to thank our mythic lifeguards... Jason Doan, Kim Ho, Andrew Hunt. Oh, God, I scrolled up instead of down. Damn it. Ah. Uh, Stay on target. Let me just start over. Jason Doan, Kim Ho, Andrew Hunt, Al, Lance Delicious, Timu Hellas Haru, Connor Kennedy, John Morris, (gasps) Alex Gonzalez, Scuzzo, Jeff Spencer, Stuart Slaw, PJ McMullen, Sophia Bretain, Casey, Fayen Says, Danny Liao. Wait, wait. Cody Buckowing, Jake Jansons, Jason Kaus. John Parker, Violet Moon, Aleph Cat, Beardy Man, Bartle, Backwards Logic, ALK Alters, and the Beast Father, Aaron Goodwine. Whew. So thank you all so very much. And to all of the lifeguards at every tier, I quite literally could not do this without you. You help pay the bills and keep the lights on and allow me to keep churning out all of this free content for everyone to enjoy. And it really is a stupid amount of content for one person. I wish I made more money so I could hire help. Clues, would you help? Uh, yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> he says, hesitantly, knowing that I, I'll, I'll be I broke to, forever. I had to think about it. Yeah, so I, I realized he's not going to be able to actually pay <laughs> me, so I can agree to it. It's totally fine. <laughs> Conditional. Well, uh, the problem is I have a real job, and there's no way he can pay me more than my real job, so... That is true. I'd still be stuck doing my real job and helping him. I'd rather just help him for free. <laughs> so, with that, we'll be done with Monday Night Magic number 681. Come back next week when we will hopefully, probably be talking about worlds and the secret layers and whatever else goes on. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
snarf. <laughs> there it was. <laughs> I knew that one would get clues. So, yeah, this has been Monday Night Magic number 681. Thank you all so very much for joining us. And uh, go play some magic.